This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 580. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 580. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to be here with you today, and I'm really excited to dig into our topic. So today we're going to be talking about why and how you should stop making other people more comfortable. We're always on this plight to make everyone else more comfortable at the expense of our own comfort, because this is what we've been conditioned to do. So we're going to talk about that today. And part of that is also going to be really rebuilding your relationship with control. Let's rebuild our relationships with control. So if you're like me and you want to control all the things, some of that is like, I don't ever want anyone to be mad at me and I don't want people to be dissatisfied or think bad things about me or say bad things about me or be uncomfortable in any way because of something that I said or did or how I showed up. And a lot of that is around our relationship with control and thinking that we need to control all the things and taking responsibility for things that are not ours to be responsible for. You are not responsible for other people's feelings, for other people's emotions, for other people's dissatisfaction with you or other people or circumstances in the world. Yet we all take this on, right? So, okay, here's the thing. Before we dive into all of this, part of what we're talking about today is also part of what I'm going to be talking about in my upcoming free challenge. So 
Starting September 20th, I am going to be offering a totally free five-day challenge, my Hope, Happiness, and Mental Health Challenge. And I want you to be a part of this. I think it's going to be so, so important, so informative. And I think it's really going to help you and support you during this just relentless season. Like I keep saying that we're in a relentless season. I know we're over the words. We're we're over all of like the catchwords for this phase of life. I keep trying to come up with new catchwords and... (laughs) I'm out of them. We're pivoting, we're shifting, we're adapting, and we are in unprecedented times and blah, like it's all the same words, right? So we're still in this relentless season and I don't know how to better describe it than that, but I know you are feeling that in big ways. So I created this five-day Hope, Happiness, and Mental Health Challenge for this September, September 20th to 24th, totally free to you because I ran this challenge in March of 2020 when the pandemic first hit and it was such a game changer for people. So I decided to do it again because I think you might benefit from this new place to come into community with other moms, to find a place to be grounded, to find comfort, and to just connect in ways that we are struggling to connect with other people right now. And so during the challenge, we're going to be talking about a handful of things, but it's a five-day challenge and every day we'll have a different theme. And so over the course of that challenge, we're going to be talking about fear and why fear does not get to drive right now, even though it really wants to. We're going to be talking about how to rebuild your relationship with control. We're going to talk about how to keep returning to who you are. We're going to talk about how to feel your feelings, but keep moving through emotion. And we're going to talk about really specific steps that you can take to restore hope. And I want you to join me because this is what we need right now, right? We need to be able to come together and put our heads together and put our hearts together so that we can see that even though things are really hard, we still have power and we still have strength and we are going to keep going because that is what we do. That is who we are. Okay. So yes, things are hard and also you are strong. So I want you to join me September 20th to September 24th during this five-day challenge. Every day you're going to get an email that's going to give you some direction on how you can make your day a great day no matter what. And then also I'm going to be doing Facebook Lives every day, which is basically going to be me coaching on a theme for the day every day in our private Facebook group. When I ran this challenge before, over 500 people showed up and it was incredible. So I want you to join me. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash challenge, that's shamelessmom.com slash challenge. You can sign up totally for free to get access to everything over the course of the five days. So join me. That's shamelessmom.com slash challenge. So let's dig into what we're talking about today, because yes, we're going to be talking about some of this stuff in the challenge, but I want to dig in really specifically today in terms of how we can stop making other people more comfortable, because here's what happens when we get focused and fixated on someone else's comfort and trying to manage someone else's reaction or emotion, we end up driving ourselves up the wall. We end up costing ourselves clarity and clarity and mental health, for sure. We get really spun out on what we could do better and should do better and how we could try harder. And the thing is, oftentimes when we're spinning out about these things, it's because we're in a place where we need to build a better boundary and we don't know quite how to do it because we know it might be a little uncomfortable for us and it might be a little uncomfortable for the other person. So Instead of taking that uncomfortable step, we stay in a place, whether it's in your marriage or in a relationship with your parents or your in-laws or your siblings or in the workplace or in a business transaction, we stay in a place where instead of putting an uncomfortable boundary in place, we decide to hold all the discomfort ourselves. 
We hold all the discomfort so that someone else can be more comfortable and it eats us up alive. And I have to tell you, I have been in conversations in the last few weeks with members of our community, with members of Momentum Mamas, with members in kind of throughout the different communities that I run here within the Shameless Mom Academy. And what I see over and over and over is this tipping point of where of places where moms have stayed in relationships and kept people that they're in relationship with so comfortable to the extent that their own mental health was severely compromised. So let me give you a couple examples. I see this showing up in marriages where we have, especially in the pandemic, we have, in order to not make waves and not make things harder in an already hard time, we have let things go in our marriages and in our households that are now coming to the surface and that are now like, what I'm picturing right now, this is disgusting, but I'm just going to share it. Like, it'll create a good laugh if nothing else. I'm picturing like a zit that's about to pop. <laughs> like, is that your marriage right now? So I'm laughing because it's such a disgusting analogy. But when we go through these really hard times and we don't want to make waves because things are already hard, it really is. It's like cystic acne. Like, let's be honest. It is cystic acne, okay? Some of you are like, I'm done listening to this. This is disgusting. And others of you are right here with me. So thank you if you're right here with me. But I want you to think about what happens when day in and day out, you are not setting a boundary, not speaking up for yourself, not saying what you need, because you're just trying to keep things like at the status quo. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom 
my toes all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Now, here's the thing. I get it that at times we overlook things. We take that discomfort. We like zip our lip because it's just easier to keep going. And you're like, I don't don't have the energy for an argument at 945 at night, right? Totally get it. But over time, I want you to think about night after night of not asking for what you need. Night after night, day after day of not setting a boundary and not saying, hey, this isn't working for me, or hey, this isn't okay, or hey, could we work on this together? Or hey, I need something different. So that festering does build up, right? Same thing in our parental relationships. And so I will say that this has come up for me in one of my relationships with a parent. (laughs) And I only have two relationships with a parent. I have two parents. So in my relationship with my dad, I was in this position up until just very recently where I was leaving the door open and there was a lot of things that had happened. We weren't in contact at all, but I was like, you know, I'll leave the door open because that's what a good daughter should do. I should leave the door open just in case he needs something, just in case his situation takes a turn for the worst and I could be helpful or supportive. And I started recognizing about a month ago, well, actually I started recognizing a while ago that leaving that door open was me trying to keep him comfortable. And something happened, and someday I'll probably do a whole episode about this, but something happened where we actually had an interaction for the first time in seven or so years. It was on Facebook. (laughs) And I was like, oh, hell no, we're done. Like the door's closed. We won't ever speak again. And I will say that it was interesting because there was other people when I told them about this that were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like they were like grieving for me. And I was like, oh no. I was like, hallelujah. Like I feel so free because I set a boundary that needed to be set years ago. And I finally got this clarity around like, I don't need to leave the door open because someone else feels more comfortable with the opportunity to come in anytime they want. That's not how this is going to work. So I closed that door. And I will say, while it felt like this really bold boundary that I really didn't know if I could set, the second I set it, I mean, it was like a lifetime of weight off my shoulders, literally weight I'd been carrying for the last seven years and actually longer in other ways, but like really specifically for the last seven years. And the thing is, I don't need to carry weight for someone else's dysfunction, and neither do you. You don't need to carry weight for someone else's dysfunction, and especially if it is impacting your quality of life and your mental health. So that's another example. Another example might be the workplace. So where are you making other people comfortable in the workplace 
at the expense of your own comfort? Where are you taking things on, sweeping things under the rug, doing things that are like either not in your job title or that you're not getting paid for or that are just not your zone of genius? And where are you letting it go over and over and over again? Where do you need to draw a boundary and say like, hey, this isn't working for me anymore. Or actually, if you want me to do these duties, then that needs to be part of my job description and I need to be getting paid for it. Or hey, I'm noticing that other people are being treated or paid differently in these same roles, typically men, and (laughs) something needs to change. So what is that going to look like for you? Where are you going to set boundaries and stop making other people more comfortable? I know I'm having, I'm working on in a new role this year at my son's school. And it's funny being in a new role. And I think this will be relatable to some of you. It's funny being in a new role. And I like immediately regress to like the people pleaser that I have been my whole life. And like, it's fine. I can do it all. and I got it. And sure, let me handle that for you. And I'm having to be really careful as I say yes to things. And as I say, like, as I kind of define this position for myself, I'm having to be really careful around like, don't take it all on. Don't fix all the things. Don't do all the things. Don't say yes to everything. Because I really do want to be involved. I do care deeply about the school. But also, I know myself and I know that sometimes my boundaries cannot be super great around this kind of stuff. And so I'm having to like really think through like, hey, I'm going to say yes to this, but not to this. Or I can do this for X amount of time or and those kinds of things. And luckily, I have a really great partner in this who's awesome and very helpful and very supportive. And we are like both very clear with our boundaries. And I know some people from my son's school are listening to this. So I just want to be really clear on that. But it's been a great experience so far. But I'm so careful and being so conscientious around like, what do those boundaries look like? Because anytime we're in a position to define a new role and to step into a new role, if you tend to be a hyper performer or overachiever, you go right to that place of like, I'm going to do it all so that everyone can see me doing it all and that everyone can be like, wow, you got it. You're doing a great job. And what if that's actually not the point? (laughs) What if the point is not for me to do everything and have everyone see me doing everything? What if the point is to be supportive in the way that I have unique gifts and that I can contribute my unique gifts and then find other people who can do the same thing (laughs) so that I am not doing every single thing? So also thinking through as we step into new roles and as we are shifting, so many of us are shifting in roles and work and different ways that we show up and serve in our communities right now, how can you really think that through in terms of being conscientious that you are not going out of your way to overachieve in order to make other people more comfortable or in order to be like overly shiny at your own expense? So what does this have to do with your relationship with control? I want you to think through your relationship with control, and what's most important to you. Because if you come from a high achieving background, if you come from a place where it's important to you that other people feel comfortable and that other people see you as someone who makes them comfortable, it can be really uncomfortable to step away from that. It can be really uncomfortable to say like, hey, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. I was in a situation recently doing business transaction that's like kind of part of my personal life related to some property stuff that we're doing. And it was interesting that this happened in a really busy week of my life that we were doing, making this kind of business deal thing between with my family. And I was unable, typically in those situations, I would want to be like the leader of all the things. Like, I got it, guys. I'll show up. I'll make the phone calls. I'll send the emails. I'll be in charge of everything. I'll make sure it gets done. I will be dotting the I's, crossing the T's. 
And I wasn't able to do that uh, because there was just so many other things happening at the same time. And someone else took on that role. And initially, I felt like very apologetic. Like I had to be like, I'm so sorry. You're the one having to do these things and you're double checking things. And then I thought, but like, I don't need to apologize. I can be grateful. I was super grateful. I was like, thank you so much. I see how you were like jumping on the ball with everything. And this is so helpful. And I really appreciate it. There's a difference between that and first of all, apologizing because I felt like I wasn't doing enough because the truth was like, as it pertained to like people pulling their weight, there was multiple people involved and everyone pulled a decent amount of weight. And then there was one person who took the reins on a handful of things. And that was so fantastic. And I was so relieved that that person had the availability and the bandwidth to do that because I didn't. And I didn't need to be apologetic because my gut was like, I want to go apologize so that they don't feel like they're having to overwork in this situation. And the truth was, they actually had the better skill set to do the things that they were doing. And they were just like doing it. They were just like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's fine. I'm just doing this and this and this. And so sometimes I think that we have a relationship with control where we think that we need to be the leader of all the things. And then if we're not, we need to go in and like be apologetic because we didn't rise all the way to the top of the occasion and then above and then some, right? So what is your relationship with control? What does it look like? What would it look like for you to be the person on the group project of four people who only does 25%? I want you to really think that through because if you're like me and you grew up doing group projects and you did like 95% and then you let the other four people or the other three people or whatever split up the remaining 5%, it's really hard to be in a group project and be like, hey, there's four of us, we're all going to do 25%. That's not comfortable if you're the person who's used to doing 95%. So I want you to think about what would it be like in your relationships if you were like, I'm only doing equal parts with everyone else? What would that feel like? And what kind of relief would you have if you did equal parts and sometimes some things didn't get done to 115%. What would that feel like? And what would it feel like to have more mental space because you're not always trying to do 115% of everything on a group project, whether that group project is your marriage, whether it is your relationship with your parents or your in-laws or in the workplace or in you know other transactions in your life and in your community. What would it be like to not be controlling and over-controlling and over-achieving in all these aspects. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So what's happening right now in the state of the world is we are so tired and we are so spent and we are like, first of all, we're totally overloaded, but we're also like at this emotional exhaustion that we've never had before. We're at this place of compassion fatigue and compassion exhaustion where we like for a long time now, throughout the course of our lives, in many cases, we've like shown up for other people and over shown up for other people. And then in the last 18 months, that's gone into hyperdrive as we've had to show up for our families in like such extreme ways. And now when people need things from us, we're like, oh, how dare you? (laughs) Like like the zip pops, right? The cystic acne is like in full explosion. Like, how dare you need this thing from me? Do you even understand what I've been doing for everyone? All the balls I've been keeping in the air for all this time. So how can you, before you get to that place, look at how you can rebuild your relationship with control, look at how you can repair your relationship with control to recognize that sometimes you're not going to do it to 115%. Sometimes people are going to be disappointed in you. Sometimes people are going to be mad at you. There is someone right now who is so disappointed in me because she thinks I underperformed on something and underserved on something. And you know what? I'm going to let her think that. Like those emotions are hers to carry. And this has nothing to do with work, by the way. This isn't like a client thing. It's just someone else in another aspect of my life who thinks I really let her down. Here's the thing about that relationship. She has thought that I let her down since day one of our relationship. Like it has been this tumultuous, ongoing relationship of her constantly feeling like I underserved her. I didn't show up in the right ways. I should have done better. How dare I as a woman for other women? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I will say that there was times in this relationship where I felt like, 
I should try harder and I should be more compassionate and I should like see this through a different lens and try to see it through her lens. And I got to a point where I was like, actually, I kind of feel like I'm being bullied right now and I'm pretty sure I'm being gaslit and I don't have to make time for this. So I can say, hey, you know what? I know you've been really disappointed in me throughout the duration of our relationship and I'm really I think, well, so we severed the tie. But what I said in our final interaction, which was a long and ugly message to me, I said, I understand you've been really disappointed in me throughout the duration of this relationship. And I'm really glad that we both get to move forward in a way that's more peaceful circumstances from here on out. Like, I'm not going to apologize for the 18 things that she thinks I was did wrong and all of the ways that she thinks that I could have done better and all the things that how dare I do this and that and this and whatever. Like, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to have a conversation. There's not going to be a back and forth. I'm just going to say, I understand you're really disappointed. And I'm really glad that we can move on from here in a way that separately in a way that will create more peace for both of us. And she's going to continue to be really mad and think I'm a really awful person. And that just has to be fine. I can't control that. And I'm not going to try to control it. And I definitely spent some time early on in this relationship trying to control it, thinking like I should do better and I should try harder. And oh, maybe if I just do one more thing. And then I was like, no, no. <laughs> and the truth about that, and I'll say this about this situation and about the situation with my dad is that, and this I think will be relatable, when we are in those circumstances where we think we need to try harder and do more, it's not just the cost to our mental health, it's the cost to the other people who deserve the best parts of us. And I've talked about this before, but like, if I'm really focused on trying to fix a relationship that's probably not fixable and going round and round and round in it, what does that do to the quality time I'm trying to spend with my son? We've all probably gotten like nasty texts or emails when you're in the middle of spending time with your kid and you go from like being like this really like fun, happy mom and being in the moment and being like, let's just like play the game or play baseball or build the fort or whatever the thing is to all of a sudden, like you get that email or that text and your gut just clenches and you can't be in the moment anymore. You can't be in that like fun mommy place. All of a sudden, you can only be in that place of writing the reply email or text in your head. And you're trying to, at the same time, play a game with your kid or your children while thinking about how you're going to manage this relationship. What happens in that situation? You lose out and your kid loses out. You both lose out on the magic of that moment because someone else take it from you. So let's look at the long-term effects of those kinds of interactions and look at the long-term effects of letting people in your life who you are always going to be struggling to make more comfortable because the long-term impact of that can be really, really detrimental, not just to your mental health, but to your other relationships because it takes away the magic of the other relationships because it is so critically exhausting. So I'm going to ask you to take some baby steps, baby steps in building boundaries, because here's the thing about building boundaries. It's really uncomfortable. And if you are a people pleaser kind of person, I'm not asking you to like call someone up right now and be like, hey, so I just want you to know we're ending our relationship. (laughs) That is so unreasonable. How can you set little boundaries in small ways where you're just practicing drawing a line in the sand in a small way to say like, hey, actually, I can't do that thing. Hey, I'm going to say no to that. Hey, that doesn't work for me. Little tiny things. Hey, I can't do that. Do you think you could do it instead? 
I mean, this is a great one when someone like asks you to do something and you're like, oh, I don't have any room on my plate. Do you think you could do that instead? Or when you're on a group email, this is a, another good one. You're on a group email and someone's like, hey, can someone do X, Y, Z? And you're typically the first one to chime in and be like, oh, I got it. Instead, be the last one to chime in. Let everyone else chime in and see what's left. Let everyone else do the 95% of the group project and you pick up the last 5%. So just those little tiny things to not do all the things at once. Okay, not to do all the big boundary setting at once. It's like little tiny boundary setting, little tiny decisions that come first. It's the decisions first. So first the decision of like, hey, so I'm not going to let this thing get in my way anymore. And then step two is here's the small boundary I'm going to put in place. So for me, like the initial boundary was seven years ago with this message to my dad, which felt huge and scary at the time. But like, hey, I'm comfortable with a relationship that involves this, but not this. Like my own mental, and I literally said like for my own mental health, I can't, this piece of our relationship, I can't have that. And basically it was like, I can't have a Facebook relationship with you. And we can't have a relationship on Facebook. That's my boundary. I would love to have a relationship with you outside of that. And let me know if you are open to that. But this relationship can't exist in this format. This is really detrimental to me right now. That was one step, leaving the door wide open, but just, and that felt like a big step, but that was one of those steps. Another step can be just letting a partner know or letting whoever you're in relationship with know, whether it's a partnership, workplace, someone in your family or extended family, instead of saying, no, I can't do something or no, this isn't working to say, hey, I need something. That's actually a boundary. So a boundary can be about shutting something off, cutting something or someone off. It can also be about bringing people in. I was actually in an interview just last week about this where someone made that clarifying comment that boundaries can be about bringing people in in a certain way, like bringing someone in on your terms, which I think is such a beautiful distinction. So what if a boundary isn't about like, hey, I'm drawing a line in the sand and you can't cross it. Instead, what if the boundary is, hey, I could really use your help with something. And so you're actually inviting someone to cross a line with you. Hey, I could really use your help if you could put the kids to bed on these nights, if you could make dinner on these nights, if you could take over laundry, if you could do pickup, if you could do lunches, whatever the thing is. Or at the office, like, hey, I could really use your help if you could do this task or if you could manage these emails or whatever the thing might be. Okay. So the boundary can be about that like line of delineation where you're not letting someone cross, but it can also be about inviting someone in. And I think those two pieces are really important. So if this has been helpful in any way, please, please, please join me for more when we jump into our Hope, Happiness, and Mental Health Challenge next week. So when we go next Monday through Friday, we're going to have our Hope, Happiness, and Mental Health Challenge totally for free, where we will be restoring hope, creating joy, and getting you in community with other shameless moms. We are going to be talking about exactly these kinds of topics and more every single day for five days. And I don't want you to miss out, okay? So everything's gonna happen via email, via Facebook Live. So you can access anything at whatever time of day works for you. It will all be there, easy for you to access. All the recordings for Facebook Lives will be available immediately. So like I said, it'll be super easy for you to gain access. To sign up for the challenge, just go to shamelessmom.com slash challenge and you can sign up for free. That's shamelessmom.com slash challenge. And I will see you on Monday, September 20th.
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.